about the peanuts was just a story. I never ate anybody's peanuts like that. I wouldn't do that. That, That'd be horrible. But I wanted you to know that's just a story. Just like this is just a story. There was a guy who had a Doberman Pinscher, and he lived right next door to a guy who owned a little rabbit. And that guy with the rabbit always thought that guy with the Doberman, his dog was going to come over and just kill his little rabbit. And that the guy with the Doberman assured him and everybody else in the neighborhood, my dog is very gentle, very playful. He would never do that. Well, his dreams were dashed the day that he came home to find that bunny rabbit in his dog's mouth. Dead, bloody, muddy. Oh, it was horrible. And the guy did what only, only what he thought he could do. He took that rabbit into the house, he put it in the bathtub, and he bathed that rabbit. He washed it all up, shampooed it, took his hair dryer, blow dried the rabbit, and went over and put the bunny rabbit back in the crate, in the cage of his neighbor's house. A little later, there was a scream come from his neighbor. And he went over there, and she's just looking into the cage and sees the rabbit. He goes, oh, did your rabbit die? She goes, yes, days ago, and we buried it. Well, that story just tells us not everything that we see is as it appears. Beloved, we live in a world that is trying to sell us some lies, trying to tell us that things that are not good for us are good for us. And that's the basis of our message today. Not all things are as they seem. I want to talk to you about... The, the title of the, of the message, anyway, is Sugar Pills of This World. This World's Sugar Pills will be in Colossians chapter 2, but I want you to, to see what I mean by that. In the primitive days of medicine, doctors, not knowing what to prescribe, would sometimes prescribe uh, a placebo, a sugar pills, colored water, just to give their patient a feeling that he has treated them. And the thing of it is, sometimes it worked. In fact, medical science today has found that 30 to 60% of those who receive a harmless placebo, a substitute, find some relief. There's no medicinal value in a sugar pill. It's just an illusion. But our lives are shaped a lot of time by perception. A lot of times what we think is going to work will work for us just because we perceive that it will. The sugar pill effect has application beyond medicine. In fact, it comes into our spiritual and emotional lives as well. Because there are some things that we are filling our lives with that are just simply sugar pills, colored water. They're really no good for us, but they satisfy us even if it's just for a moment. They are temporary uh, relief of our circumstances Things that give us a measure of satisfaction for a brief time, but they're not real. So they do not last. We need to find something greater than that sugar pill, and that's what I want to talk about. Our text, Colossians chapter 2, I'm not going to read all 10 verses, verses 1 through 10, but I, I encourage you to read them today. But Paul is warning the Christian about trying to live by the standards of this world by the value system of this world, by the empty philosophies of this world. Verse 8 and 9, and t- verse 8, 9 and 10 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world, and not after 
Christ. For in him, that is Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. My key verse is verse 8. Again, it says that we are to beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, through vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world. Now, beloved, these things that Paul is talking about, um, he says, will spoil you. What they will do is carry you away. In other words, Christian believer, you have begun your new life trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're to begin that new life by submitting to him as Lord and leader of your life. You have the biblical principles. You were taught them. Now you have to continue with them. But here's the problem. Many times we get carried away. We get carried away from those biblical principles we know that are true. You say, well, how, how can I get carried away? Well, Paul told us through philosophies, through vain deceit. That means hollow, empty, deceitful ideas, lies. We get carried away by the traditions of men rather than the word of God. We get carried away by the rudiments of this world. Things that promise much, but deliver very little. Things that run out of steam and leave you stranded. They give out before you reach your goal. They look good, but they produce nothing. They are just sugar pills of this world. Now, what's wrong with a sugar pill? Well, I could say nothing's wrong with a sugar pill. Maybe if you had diabetes or something, it might hurt. But other than that, it's not unless you're expecting this to be medicine that's going to bring a cure into your life. And the problem is, what Satan wants to do, what this world wants to do, is not so much to get you to become an alcoholic, an adulterer, a drug addict, a murderer, or a thief, and all. All he wants to do is get you sidetracked. You see, these things that I'm talking about, they, they get you to be sidetracked from the truth of God's Word. Just get you off a little bit, and then it continues to lead you down that track. So let me just share a few things with you this morning. First of all, I want you to see that these things, these sugar pills, they make you feel good, but they won't empower you. They make you feel good for a while, but they're not going to empower you for your life. Paul said we are to be on the lookout, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophies, through vain deceit, empty Lies. That's what vain deceit means. So we live in a I want to feel good world. We live in a world that has said since the 1960s, maybe back in the 50s, if it feels good, go ahead and do it. Maybe you guys remember Robert Schuller, the likes of him, and, and uh, Norman Vincent Peale put out that book. And, you know, the philosophy of the world is I'm okay, you're okay. If, if it feels good, go ahead and do it. We've got a grinning preacher down in Texas. He tells the same things. He loves, you know who I'm talking about, you know? He, he's always out there spewing these, if it feels good, it's okay, it's all right. They, they're called positive thinking. That's the philosophy of this world, positive thinking. 
And positive thinking is not evil in itself. A positive self-image, a positive feeling about your work, about your life, about who you are, in general, can be a very fine thing. I'm willing to say that the positive thinking is good as long as you realize it is a byproduct of holy living and not a way to get to have a holy life. And that's the problem. If you use positive thinking to try and create holiness, then you are on one of the world's sugar pills. Listen, if I stood in front of the mirror in the morning and I said, you are wonderful, you are great, you're going to win the world, it would make my wife's day wonderful because she'd be laying in the bed just laughing at me. And it would do me okay until the first person that I get to, like at the Walmart checkout, has a, is having a bad day and rubs off on me, you know. It pops my bubble. It, it quit, I quit having that positive self-attitude. Beloved, we have to understand that this life, our spiritual life especially, is more than just positive thinking. That positive thinking is a temporary list. So that's why I classify it as a sugar pill. A sugar-coated substitute for a much important and needed reality. I've got a good biblical example of this. His name is Samson. You remember him from the Old Testament? Samson had a supernatural strength that was from God. It wasn't from his physical body. All the movies that show him to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, no, no, I think he looked more like me, well, when I was younger, you know. Not muscular, not tough looking. His strength was from God. And he always said of himself that I will just go out and, and God will give me the strength. And then one day he had fallen for the lie of this world and his strength was removed. God removed himself from him. And in Judges 16, verse 20, he said to himself, when the enemy has surrounded him, he said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. But the reality was that Samson's positive thinking, his positive outlook was not backed up by the reality of physical strength nor the strength of God. And the enemy was able to defeat him, to take him out. He was captured by the enemy. His positive mental image that made him feel good did not empower him. The power of positive thinking was deceptive because it made him feel better than he actually was. Samson needed something more than positive thinking, and so do we. We need something more in our life than just a positive self-image. We need to know who we are and whose we are, and that's what's going to give us strength for the day because in myself, who I am, not much. Who I am in Christ, I can go all the way. He'll give me the strength I need every day. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll always be there. This world can't give you that promise. That world's going to let you get out there on that cliff and let you fall. Where Jesus will say, I've got you. I can control it. So we have this power of positive thinking that's deceptive. And uh, it won't get you very far. There was a nation one time that wanted to uh, build an army, but they didn't have the resources, they didn't have the weapons, so the people in charge gave them all broomsticks, all the soldiers gave them broomsticks and said, you're to go out and train with these until we can get the real thing. 
And so they went out, they went training, and they were taught when they saw the enemy to go bangity-bang, bangity-bang. And that's the way they did, but that got monotonous real quick. And it went up the chain that the guys weren't happy. So they said, what we'll do is we'll have a, a little bit of field training exercise. We'll split the army up in blue team and red team, and they'll go out and they'll go on maneuvers. So they, they get their broomsticks, they go out, and one day this guy from the red team saw a blue team member just leaning up against a tree. So he takes his broomstick and he goes, bangity-bang, bangity-bang. Guy just kept standing there. So he did it again, bangity-bang, bangity-bang. Kept standing there. He called his sergeant over. He said, sergeant, there's a blue team member. And I went bangity-bang and he didn't do anything. So the sergeant called out and said, hey, soldier, didn't you hear this man say bangity-bang? He says, yes, I'm tankity-tank, tankity-tank. You can't shoot me. How's that going to help them in the real battle? It's not going to. So we have those things that make you feel good but don't empower you. Number two, there are things that attract you, but they do not last. Things that attract you, but do not last. You ever watch a child with bubbles? Especially the first time a child sees a bubble, they see this beautiful ball, and they want to touch that beautiful ball, and as soon as they touch it, it's gone. That's exactly what this world offers us. This world has a lot of things. They're full of attractive things that will set us off chasing after them, only to be disappointed when we reach out and grasp them and embrace them. They just, they're gone. You know, the Bible, the Bible says that sin for a while is, is pleasurable, but the end thereof is death. Paul said in our text, beware lest any man spoil you after the tradition of men. After the tradition of men and not after Christ. Paul speaks about traditions of men. There is a philosophy in churches, in church members, I should say, that wants us to go around looking for preaching that talks about a God who serves you. I mean, he's a universal gopher. You tell him what you want, and he's going to bring it to you. All you have to do is believe. You see, when we start listening to traditions of men or the preaching of men, the teaching of men, and not to the word of God, what we do is we follow that for a while, and then we find at the end, there's nothing there. We kind of stop looking for preaching that satisfies us, but rather would satisfy the gospel truth that Jesus left us with. We need to have Bible study and preaching that tells us the word of God that keeps us from following after these things, or else you're going to reach out and grab it, and it's going to pop. It's going to disappear, and you're going to be disappointed because these things do not last. John, 1 John 2, 15 and 16 warns us, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And he talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They, he said, it's not of the Father, but of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We know what the truth of God's word tells us, don't we? We know what God has, has for us and wants us to do. If this world is going to offer us a cheap imitation for that and, and make our hearts and our soul long for that kind of thing, but they're not going to fill you. They're not going to feed you. If we hunger and thirst for the world, we're going to be drinking colored water that doesn't satisfy 
That's why Jesus told the woman at the well in John 4, 14, he said, but whosoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. Of course, he's not talking about physical water. He's talking about that spiritual water. He said, the water that I will give them shall be with him a well of water springing up into eternal life. The things of this world will not satisfy. They'll be fun for a little bit. They'll bring you a little bit of pleasure here and there, but they're not going to fill you. It's a sugar pill. It's just colored water offered by the world that's not going to last. We'll satisfy temporarily. That's the way it is with our life if we settle for the cheap imitation of the real thing. God warns us in 2 Timothy 3 and 4, says, For the time will come, and now is today, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Love, this world is going to offer you exciting, sensational, self-glorifying, flesh-pleasing things and teachings. And they're going to replace the word of God. Remember what I told you. All Satan wants to do, all this world wants to do, is to get you off track. Not get you to be some horrible person, but just get you off track. Get us to stop doing the things we know we're supposed to be doing. What are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be in the word of God daily, aren't we? I, I eat meals every day, you can tell that. We're to be in the word of God daily. It's our spiritual food. It's milk, it's bread, it's meat. It helps me. I'm to be in prayer every day. I know to do that. I know that I'm to be going out and witnessing. I know that I'm supposed to be helping the church to grow. So what does Satan do? He brings things into our life that are, are glittery and shiny, and we, we go after that. I had a guy tell me, he said, Brother Bill, I need you to come by the house. I want to show you something God gave me. He had this beautiful camper. I told him, I said, God didn't give you that. He was a young Christian, just started, you know, serving the Lord, being in church. I said, when, when are you going to use that trailer? He said, well, we'll go to the lake on weekends. I said, I know, right. Uh, we can still go to church over there. Sure, but that's not your fellowship here. See, glittery. Oh, it had all the bells and whistles on it too, beloved. Look good. Well, when are you going to use it? You're going to do it, have it on Sunday. This world offers us too many things that are going to replace the word of God. Replace the things I know to do. The Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. Because here's where we come to encourage one another. We need the local church. We want a God who pleases us instead of a God to please. Third thing we're going to look at today are things that look good but are empty. We're warned about vain and empty things. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit after the rudiments of this world. We have to be careful of the things that are the rudiments of this world. Rudiments are basics, the ABCs. You know, the, the, just the regular things. I can get caught up in just the regular things. If you ever get a chance to read Tyranny of the Urgent, I encourage you to read that. Because what we do in our life is we let the urgent things ruin, take, take the place of the important things. Urgent things are the things that come up in the middle of the day to keep you doing like Bible study, prayer, and things. We have to be careful. 
in our world today, fame and fortune are the rudiments of this world. That's the things that everybody's seeking. They want to be wealthy. They want to be known. But it's just an empty sugar pill. Is that proverbial carrot on a stick? Do you guys remember Aristotle Onassis? Remember him? Back in the 60s, 70s, he was one of the richest men in the world. This is what he said. He said, all that really counts these days is money. It's the people with money who are the real royalty now. That was his maxim. That's what he lived by. And I mean, this guy had it all. He had a great art collection, yachts. He had um, one of the most glamorous women as his wife, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. But when that man's 24-year-old son, Alexander, died in a plane crash, his life was ruined. Within two years, half of his fortune was gone. A personal friend said, suddenly he became an old man. He aged overnight and was unable to cope. This shrewd businessman lost everything and even his life. He had the world's resources. He had everything he could possibly want or need, but he let it go because the world can't offer you things that'll last. One thing I, I remember so many church members telling me during a time of loss in their life, a time of, you know, where uh, their whole world just fell apart, they said, Pastor, if it wasn't for the Lord being with me, I'd never make it through. I tell you, when, when Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, he meant those times that, that we're in this world and this world lets us down. When everything falls apart, Jesus is still there. He is your strength. Love it, it's not what happens to us in life that counts. It, it matters what happens in this life. What do we do with it? Who do we trust? Who do we put our, our trust in? We're warned about the rudiments of this world, the ABCs, the basics of this world, and they're not in harmony with God. They're at, at enmity. They're at, at odds with God. God is saying the material way of looking at things is not his way. Our trouble is we, we don't take the time to look deeper when something comes along. It looks good. It promises good. But what we find out most of the time too late is that it's empty. Verse 8 again says, Beware lest any man spoil you after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. Anything that pulls you away from Christ is to be avoided. But the big problem with these things I call sugar pills of this world is that once we get started, it's very hard to stop. Once you get diverted, sidetracked, it's usually a downhill from that moment on. A while back, my daughter, when she was still like this, and now she has kids like this, but when she was little, we went to Disney, and she wanted to ride Splash Mountain. She was just the right size, so I told her I'd go with her, and, and you go through this 30-minute meander, and beautiful things, little songs are playing, and Birds are chirping, you know, Chippendale are in there, and they're talking to you. And it was wonderful. Then we get into a boat, and they raise the boat up so you don't get into the water. And she's thinking, all oh, this is fine. Then we start on this little cruise-like thing for about four or five minutes, and everything was wonderful. Then we started up. She grabbed my arm and said, Daddy, I don't want to go any further. It's too late. Because at the end of that going up, we're going to go down. 
she said, Daddy, I don't want to go any further. See, this is what we do when we get ourselves sidetracked. We also, all of a sudden look around and say, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I don't want to go any further. And we find out it's too late. What is there in life that is more important than wealth, power, more stronger than positive thinking? The answer is to have a living, vital relationship with Jesus Christ. When you walk with him day to day, when you have a relationship, by that I mean you're in his word, you're in prayer, you're sharing your faith, you're in church, you're encouraging the brethren, you will find strength in those deep, dark times. And beloved, as long as you're in this world, you will serve somebody. It's either going to be sin, but sin takes away. It doesn't give. You're going to serve self, but even the Bible says that the, the arm of flesh is going to fail you. You may serve Satan, and he's a liar. We know that. Jesus already told us that. He's going to promise you a lot of things, but he can't deliver. Or you can serve the Savior. And I guarantee you, when you serve the Savior, you find the one who says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we lift your name. We ask you to put a watch over our steps each and every day, O oh God. And I know this message was for the children of God, those who are walking day to day in faith. But God, I pray for someone here today that may not know you as their Savior. Pray the word of God would, would just reach in and, and you would convict them of their sin and need for you. Maybe they're one of those that have taken all these sugar pills of the world and they found them to be lacking. They needed something more. I ask you, God, to knock on their heart's door today and let them receive you as their Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' name for his sake and glory. Amen. Brother? as your personal Savior this morning. And as always, our altar is open.